The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Last time I was here over there, what I tried to do was show you, uh, this is a long time ago, long time ago. What I wanted to show you was a different way of looking at predestination of a doctrine, and I used nautical terms to do that, because I was actually in the Navy for about eight years. About eight years I was in the U.S. Navy, and that's another thing that Brother Tracy and I have in common. In fact, he was in the same Navy I was, it turns out, and at one point in his life, uh, that's what we, we joke about is I was on board the USS George Phillip, which was a guided missile frigate. We were at we were at Pier 1 and Berth 1 at San Diego, Naval, Naval Station in San Diego, right there. So on Pier 1, the you know my big warship, the 4,400-ton 4, George Phillip sitting there. And at Pier 4, about the 8,000-ton guided missile destroyer, the John Paul Jones, big JPJ, big John Paul Jones sitting there, flagship of one of our admirals. And that's where Tracy would end up about 90% of his time because he was on that admiral's staff and he'd come out and do maintenance checks and that was his flagship. So there he was just, you know, four piers away from me about half a dozen times. So we have a lot to share. So he's probably going to be about the only one that actually gets anything out of what I'm going to present here because we're going back to nautical terms. I was actually looking for Brother Neil because I think Brother Neil was in the Navy too. So he'd get this too. But you're going to enjoy it because it's refreshing. Uh, over in Matthew chapter 11, very familiar verse, starting in verse 28, Jesus Christ says, Come unto me, all the that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I've heard this sermon dozens of times, so have you. And every time you've heard it, what you've heard is from some preacher who grew up on a farm somewhere or has some knowledge of farming, like I said, and I 100% agree with you. I, I, when I was a kid, I went out to West Texas. My grandparent, my grandfather was a farmer out in West Texas. I went out there. I've been out. In the, I've seen what that's like. I would spend a summer out there. I spent one summer with my grandparents out of the farm. And I told my dad never again. <laughs> I ain't doing that again. Why not? Because that's hard work. That that getting up at you know 4 a.m. in the morning. That's you know uh. -uh. And then and get up, not 4 a.m. to have coffee. That's 4 a.m. to get out there and get busy right right then. You know, get your shoes on. Uh, breakfast ain't till about 6.30. So that, I said, no, we ain't doing that. I said, I'll, Dad, I promise, I'll stay in school, I'll study, just don't send me to the farm. <laughs> Several years ago, my dad, uh, about three years ago, my dad calls me. He, had the fam he, owns the, he owned the family farm. He said, son, I've had an offer uh, to, to sell the family farm. He says, should I, should I do it? I, mean, I don't want to do it. That's our heritage, son. You might, you know, you'll, it'll pass to you. I said, sell it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't, don't want to, you know. So we did. <laughs> Get rid of that. So most of the time when they preach this, they're going to preach about a yoke of oxen and how you're yoked together with Christ. Christ saying, come, take the yoke that I wear as an oxen, as a, a beast of burden, and you're a beast of burden, and you yoke together, and if you've got the strength of Christ beside and, and all that is absolutely true. That is an accurate way to do this. However, comma, as a sailor, when I read this, I hear different words. I don't hear about oxen or anything. I hear about sailing and ships and navigating the seas. I hear about seas that are troubling. I hear about tribulation. I hear about going through stuff, and I guarantee you we've done that, and I know Brother Tracy's done the same thing. I, if you want to get scared, <clears throat> like I said, we, we were on these big, powerful warships, and, and it, was, it was kind of impressive, and, and I did, you know, I would do this just to impress uh, mostly Sister Lynn, who I'm married to. You know, it's kind of odd. 
you know, I've been married for several years. I'm still trying to impress her. It's like, you know, it's like, and she's like, no, no, it's okay. I, I married you. So you're good. Uh, so, you know, I, I take her down there, uh, you know, sometimes when we were, when they were there in San Diego, I take her down to the pier. I let her walk along and she get to see that ship, you know, anchored there and stuff right beside the pier. I was like, wow, that is, that's big. Go on board and so on and so forth. Because that's kind of impressive and stuff. And like I said, that mine wasn't actually that large a ship. Brother Tracy with that, that big guided missile destroyer. Now that's, that's a real man ship right there. And that, that was impressive and stuff like that. But I tell you what, that ship got real small real fast in the Western Pacific. We went through the south end of a typhoon. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we were, we were sailing, uh, we were going from making a transit from Pearl to Okinawa, and about eight days out, we hit the, a pretty nasty uh, storm. It was a typhoon uh, in the Pacific, that's what they're called, by the way. And uh, so, yeah, you, you batten everything down, you go dog zebra pretty much, and, and, uh, and just hang on, you know. And, and you knew, I knew things were going to get bad, I knew that, so... At supper that night, you know, we didn't eat a whole lot. I sat down there, and it was mostly a, a contest of keeping my food from flying off because, you know, the ship was, was healing over so much. So, well, this is a waste of time. So I just threw it all away and, you know, went about my way. And as I was going back to, the, the, uh, back to some of the birthing areas and stuff, I noticed one of the old salty chiefs had been out, been in the Navy for, you know, 100 years or something like that. And I said, man, these guys are so used to that. And I said, well, wait a minute. I said, I'm following down the passageway, and I said, what's that hanging out of his pocket? He's got something out of his pocket. Oh, that's a trash bag. Ooh. <laughs> this is not good. When the old salty chief has a hefty bag in his back pocket, that means that we're in for a rough ride, folks. That's what that means. You'll figure that out this afternoon. It'll dawn on you what, what I just saw. Sure enough, waves breaking over the bow of that ship, about 90 foot. About 90 foot waves coming over, things like that, and you're just hanging on hoping to survive because the sea got real big real fast. And when I read this verse, I hear all that kind of stuff. So when I hear, coming to me all ye that labor, well, laboring is something that a ship does. Ships labor. That's what, that's what a captain is going to say. He's laboring the ship when he's trying to drive it through a storm. If he's in a storm, he's going to labor that ship. And literally what you have to do is you have to start and you have to kind of go at an angle to the storm coming at you. You have to turn it into the storm. You don't run from the storm. You, go, you have to turn into it and you go at a slight angle and you'll try to plow through. And at some point, uh, after, after you get kind of a motion of those waves and stuff, he'll heal that thing around and come through the other way. And that's what you do. You're just, you're just moving that ship back and forth through that storm as those waves come over you. 90-foot waves lifting that ship way up and then splashing it down. Literally, you know, you think you're going to capsize at any minute on this big ship, and he's laboring that ship back and forth. He's just trying to survive. You know how much headway you make when you're doing that? Not much. You it's a lot of energy. You spend a lot of fuel, and you're holding on, and you're giving a lot of orders. You're snapping. Everybody has to stay. And, and I mean, you're rocking. It's not something you can do crisply and easily. It doesn't look, you know, Hollywood makes stuff look really easy and good. In real life, it's not. And Hollywood, the, you know the stories that Hollywood always turn out well? In real life, they don't. <laughs> Just throw that out there. So stop watching Hollywood because it doesn't relate to real life. Amen. However, when I read my Bible, things don't come out so well for some folks sometimes. You know why? Because this is real life. This, this exactly tells you about real life and a real God and a real Savior and real storms that come in our lives. So when Jesus Christ says, Come, all, come unto me, all ye that labor. By the way, 
I'm not 100% sure, but I think, I think he was somewhere around Capernaum when he, does, when he said this. I think if you read just before that, he upbraids the cities and he specifically calls out Capernaum as a city he's upbraids. I think he was kind of somewhere right around the Capernaum was on the north side of the Galilean Sea and it was a trade route. So there's a lot of sailors that would bring goods across the Galilean Sea as well as an agricultural back behind it. So it's kind of a trade route with kind of a combination of both farmers and sailors were there, right? Got that? Yeah. So, so in other words, as Jesus Christ would say this, there was two different kind of audiences, but each heard what they needed to hear because our Lord had nothing to learn and could speak to anyone in the language they understand. So he was telling some of those old salty sailors that did those sailing ships out in the Galilean Sea where storms got pretty big. Remember, that's where he was at when he, you know, he sent his disciples over. Peace, be still, remember that? Because it got stormy. That's what we're talking about. So when he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, some of those sailors saying, yeah, I've led that kind of life. I lead a life where I'm just trying to weather the storm. And I go here, and I go there. I go here, then I go back there. And I've made very little headway in my life. Why? Because I've been laboring my whole life. See that? They saw that. And it says when you're heavy laden, well, laden is the actual cargo that you carry. It means to load up or to overburden when it's heavy laden. It is literally a ship's cargo. Now, if you don't believe me, the Bible interprets itself. You can go to Isaiah like 1-4 and it'll talk about laden as being cargo on a ship. You can actually read in Acts too a lot of this stuff when Paul in his sailing days talks about some of the same things here. So this is not, I'm not inventing this. This is actually in the Bible and I'm using that to interpret that. But if you have a heavy laden, in other words, during your life, as you waver from here to there, maybe you've picked up a lot of cargo. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you've picked up a lot of cargo, a lot of stuff that God says, you don't need that. <laughs> you know, uh, I've picked up a lot of stuff. Most of it are big crates. And they got a logo outside. Logo says sin. <laughs> yeah. Logo says iniquity. Things like that. I've picked up a lot of things in my life. Most of them I regret. I've got a, yes, I have a life like that. Where if I look back too hard, I can see a lot of regrets. I can see a lot of things, a lot of situations I've been in, and it still plagues me even today. I pray the Lord would unburden me one of those days. But I think he, he knows me well. He says, you know what, I'm going I'm to do that just to keep you humble, Brother Cole. <laughs> I'm going to keep reminding you of what grace and mercy really means because you didn't experience that back then. But here you are all of a sudden trying to feed my people. So I want you to understand that. So I think he kind of, you know, that thorn that he ref refused to remove from Paul's side, same kind of thing. But I've been in situations, uh, because I'm not a people, you know, I don't like people. I'm not a people person. I don't really like people that much. So I'm just putting that out there. So, you know, look, look over me with a little bit of a mantle of charity, but still that's no excuse. It's just like, you know, I just, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I don't read body language. I don't really understand what you mean or your hidden meaning. And all. I get none of that. I literally... I'm completely, as, as Brother Lonnie said, clueless. I am. So what comes out of my mouth or what I say oftentimes is the way wrong thing. And it can often be hurtful. It can be hurtful. Uh, it can be awkward. Uh, it can be inappropriate. Things like that. And later on, thank God, there are people in my, li my, uh, people in my life, like my wife, who tell me, who tell me, when you did this, you didn't understand, but when they turned around and went away and I look on their face, yeah. let me interpret that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, it's a shock usually me. I, said, I didn't know any of that. And then I have this deep regret. I, I literally, I just have this deep regret. Why? 
That's my load. That's my loading. That's my loading. That's my cargo that I'm going to carry around. Jesus Christ says, Brother Coy, come unto me. You've been laboring. You're heavy laden. You come unto me. Why? So I'm going to give you some rest. I'm going to give you some rest on that. Just take my yoke upon you. Now, when he said that, for a sailor, a yoke is something very, very specific. That has nothing to do with cattle. That has to do with how you navigate a ship with a rudder. The yoke is actually the transom that sits over a rudder. And then as you turn that transom, the entire rudder turns and you can navigate a ship. That's what the yoke is on a ship. So when you, uh, yeah, and Brother Tracy, you and I come from a more, more modern, so we say, has yoke been set? And we think that, you know, yoke is no joke, right? Not, that's not what, the, you know, they didn't have that back then because they didn't have material readiness and condition. That's for battle, by the way. So you, if you're in port in San Diego, yoke is not set. But before you get into way, it better be. It means there's certain hatches. Those are doors. There's certain hatches that must be dog shut. Dog means locked, okay? Certain hatches must be shut. Certain things must be closed to maintain the integrity of the ship if something was to happen. So you have to, quote, set yoke when you do that. That's not what this is. This is actually a transom that steers the ship. And Jesus Christ is telling you, take my yoke. Take the way I steer. Use my, use my methodology. Take, take, take the way I steer. Instead of the way you steer. You kind of you head into the storm and you labor and you spend a lot of energy and you get nowhere and you don't know exactly which way you're going. By the way, when you're navigating through a storm in the middle of the night, you don't really know which way's up. You don't, you just sort of gotta, you gotta, I don't, I don't know how they did it. I don't really know how they did it in that day. Star navigation? No, because there is no stars in a storm, folks. Uh, you know, well, you just have to know where due west is. Y'all ain't been to sea, have you? It, it, you know what? It, it, yeah. You can't tell. About two days out of Pearl, it all looks the same. <laughs> it's just water, okay? So you don't know which way's forward or backward or whatnot. So, so Jesus Christ is saying, yeah, but I do. I do know which way. No matter how bad the storm gets, no matter how much waves come over you, no know, matter how much you labor, I can navigate these storms. Jesus Christ is telling us this. And the sailors is going like, okay, you've got my attention now man from Nazareth. I don't know who you are, but you've got my attention. There's sailors there. That say, I'm going to listen to this guy. He's speaking my language. He's speaking my language. He says, take my yoke upon you. Well, well, Jesus, unpack that for me, if you would, just a little bit. Tell me, tell me what you mean. Well, later on, we find out, actually, it's in the Hebrew letter, describes him as the captain of our salvation. Well, for all you people that serve the U.S. Army, a captain has two bars and it's a junior officer. However, in the U.S. Navy, a captain is not only a rank, but it's a position. Amen. And it's pretty much the master of the ship. Right. So when you're on board a vessel like I was, I had, I had a commander was the rank, but he was the captain. Mm -hmm. And it was appropriate. It was very appropriate when you see him on the ship. Good morning, captain. How you doing, captain? Yes, sir, captain. You could do that. That was very appropriate because this was his ship. I'll give you, an, I'll give you just one small example of what this means. This is true of the U.S. Navy. Uh, this, is, and this is just uh, one small example. Of tell, I want you to get the idea that his power is sovereign on that ship. 
Uh, you may think, no, no, he's new. You know, what happens out at sea, y'all have no clue. <laughs> and it doesn't come back to states, and it doesn't get reported on CNN, because we ain't got nobody out there but us. So, yeah, when I was out at sea, Brother Tracy, you know, oh, man, it was great about the seven, eight, eight, like nine days. Before we pulled in, well, before we pulled in Okinawa, I had a beard. Like, I had a big mustache and beard, stuff like that. Well, that's not very military. Yeah, you ain't been on a ship before. See, that's allowed in the Navy when you're out at sea, because that's the way old sailors used to do it. So I still keep those traditions. But... I'll give you an example about how Commander uh, Sebring was when he came aboard the George Phillip. Every sailor on the crew, every sailor, no matter who you were, when you come aboard that ship in San Diego, Brother Tracy knows that if you come aboard that ship, I have my ID and it has a little thing on there that, ha that has a, a logo for the ship that let lets them know I'm ship's company. I have that ID. I step forward on the fantail is the, is the U.S. flag hanging off the fantail. So the first thing you do is render honors to our country. And I turn, I salute that. And then there's the quarter deck right there. So there's a, there's a guard at the quarter deck. I'm going to turn a salute there. He's going to return that salute and have me come forward. He's going to look at my ID. He's going to make sure that I am who I say I am, that I ID matches, and I am ship's company. It's like, okay, get, out of, you know, get off my quarter deck. So, uh, so that's how it does. But you know what? Captain Seaman doesn't do that. It's a whole different thing when he comes aboard the ship. He, he shows up. He's walking down the pier. Ooh, you know, it's a nice day in the neighborhood. So Captain Seaman walked walk down the pier, and, and one of those quarter decks said, oh, it's captain coming. Sound, sound bells. You know, let everybody know. Let the crew know. The captain is coming. So they would sound a couple of bells, and then over the entire ship, you would hear an announcement, George Phillip arriving, meaning the commander of the USS George Phillip is now arriving on board the ship, and he'd just sail up, he would turn, he would salute the flag, and the quarterback, and just keep going, and nobody asked him a thing. He didn't show ID or anything. He just walked on board because his ship. Now, I'll tell you something, a little trick on that. This little trick. This has been recorded. This is, this is like national security stuff. If he pulls his, if he pulls his ID, if he pulls his ID and flashes it, the entire ship goes on alert instantly. Something's wrong. He's under duress if he does that. That's a signal. That's a code. So if he ever pulls his ID on board that ship and shows it to anybody when he's coming on board, that's a clue to us. And we break out guns at that point. We go to full battle. Something's wrong instantly if he ever does that. See, I just want you to get your flavor of that. Jesus Christ is captain. <laughs> Amen. He's captain of our ship. He doesn't show his ID. He shows up. Amen. See that? He doesn't show his ID. He doesn't have to. Right. When he sets aboard the ship, bells ring. Right. It says, heaven and immortal glory arriving. Mm -hmm. By the way, that whole system works in the U.S. Navy. So, so another, well, Brother Tracy, he didn't think much of that. If, you know, when, on his ship, he might be there. And he'd be down in his shop, he'd be doing maintenance checks or whatever, you know, checking out the sailors that do it. And he might hear, you know, John Paul Jones arriving. Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, it didn't matter to him. No, what he was listening for was something different. Commander, Destroyer Squadron 13? 7. Commander, Destroyer Squadron, he would hear, Destroyer Squadron 7 arriving. That was a flag admiral coming on board. That was his boss. So that's what he's listening for. Every once in a while, every once great in a while, to show you how this works, every once in a while on board a U.S. naval vessel somewhere in the world, they ring four bells, they ring four sets of two bells, and the announcement comes, United States arriving. That's one man, you know. That's the president. That's the commander-in-chief. That's what I'm saying. So ever so often in our churches, you listen to that sound of some bells ringing. You listen to the gospel sound. You might hear in there somewhere, King of heaven and immortal glory <laughs> arriving. See that? That's what those slaves were hearing. They understood all this. Then, what does he say? 
He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Well, Jesus, you're saying that if you're the captain, if you're taking over, if you're going to call the shots, if you're going to tell us where and how to navigate in our lives, it's going to be easier. It's going to be a lot easier than what I've been doing. So my way is not that easy. Your way is easy. Is that what you're telling me? Jesus Christ, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Sailor boy, <laughs> uh, Cap, if you listen to Captain Jack, you know, that's what he's telling you. Sailor boy, if you listen to this for just a little while, you understand that my way of navigating rough and, uh, and the seas of tribulation, the way to navigate this life, is a whole lot easier. Take my yoke. Amen. Listen to my commands as I tell you to turn right and turn left or full speed ahead or I'll stop. When I, can I give you the, those commands? You listen close because it's a whole lot easier if you do it my way and you'll find rest for your soul even through the trials, even through the dark seas, even when waves are splashing over, even when you don't think it's through the night. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice as I give you commands because I am the captain of this ship and I am the captain of your salvation. I'll get on board, folks. So then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The burden, as it turns out, is the bill for the invoice of freight. <laughs> That's the burden. The burden is what you're carrying. Now, I guarantee you what he's going to tell you is those things that I got in my life and things in your life that you've been carrying around your ship that makes you so heavy laden. He's going to tell you the same thing Paul told those sailors when they ran into your raclodon. Throw it over the side. Yeah, but this is our living. I can't give up. You know, this is, I'm going to Capernaum and we're, you know, and that is just, they were going to go sell that somewhere in the Mediterranean, but it's like, I've got to hold on to it. Yeah, you just think you do. You think the material things of this life are worth carrying around like that? Get rid of them. Why? Because he's to catch our salvation, for one thing. Second thing is, he knows what he's doing. If you've got a heavy burden and you're going through tribulation and sea, you can't maneuver as well. You've got a lot of weight. What you need to do, what you need to do to navigate heavy seas Throw that, cast those, those heavy burdens off. Amen. Cast that stuff off. Throw it over the side. Let it go. Let it go. But that has value. No, it doesn't. Your life has value. Those don't. Amen. Throw it over. And all of a sudden, the draft of that sea is the draught. That, that ship will start rising in the ocean. It's no longer burdened down. It starts rising. It comes up on top of those waves. He says, now. Now we're ready. Jesus Christ says, yeah. You cast those burdens off. Make the ship light. Now listen to me. Heal around right. And start tacking. We're going to pick up speed right now. See that? Those sailors were hearing this. They're going, hey, this sounds good. This sounds really good. He knows exactly what we do and how we do it. Throw the burden off. Throw the cargo off. And when we get there, he's saying we're still going to get paid. Because my burden. <laughs> my burden is light. He says, you unpack all the goods, but the bill for invoice will come due. And I'll make sure you get paid. I'll make sure you get paid. Did y'all hear that? And that, because when I was a sailor and I heard this kind of stuff preached, I'm like, I don't think that old man's got it. I, said, I, I, I get, the, I get the, the deal with the farming, which I don't care much for that. But I'll tell you what, farming don't make me scared. Amen. But going out in the seas of life, trying to navigate the tribulation, yeah. the anxiety that we hear today, even in our time, this could not be more appropriate. For every day, you go home tonight, or you go home today after church, you turn on uh, Fox News or CNN, and your, your blood pressure will go up, your heartbeat will increase, you'll have more anxiety. You know what to do with, I'm telling you, turn it off, right. read your Bible a little while, Amen. listen to the captain of your salvation. Amen. He says, no, I'm better. Don't, don't worry about that. I'm going to tell you how to navigate 
this next thing that's come along. It's just another thing in the world, the next tribulation. And never forget, never forget, when it gets so bad, you think we're not going to make it. This captain you're listening to that has the yoke and has the commands, he has one command he can give and it's not to you. It's to those tribulation seas. He can just say, peace. Peace be still. Peace be still. I look forward to the day when he comes again and the sky opens up. The world's apocalyptic. I think, I think when he comes, he might just say, peace be still. I'm here. I'm here. There's no more tribulation now. I look forward to that day when my captain appears for once at the end of the world. Thank you for your kind attention. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.